0: Church family. Uh, Today we're going to look at Acts chapter 15, uh, verse 1 to 35. Uh, As we are moving through this portion of the book, understand that uh, in the the story here, Paul is um, really center focus in terms of how the Lord is using him to get the gospel out. And uh, the Gentiles are, are receiving the gospel. There are many people. That um, that are beyond Jerusalem, that are hearing God's word, and again, this is really just fulfillment of what God expected, of what what Christ told them in Acts chapter one verse eight. Um, I think this is that key verse that we're called to be witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, maybe to the remotest part of the earth. And the Book of Acts really unfolds that verse and how everything is fulfilled in chapter thirteen. Paul Use you know the the scriptures from the Old Testament. Try to win people to Christ, and uh, people did get saved. And then when they rejected, when the Jews um, rejected the gospel, uh, Paul turned his attention to the Gentiles. And the Gentiles are the people that are um that are receiving Christ. Uh, they understand their condition before the Lord, and they are the ones receiving uh, the Lord and accepting Him and uh in chapter 14, um, again, there was just uh opposition from the world, and uh Paul was still preaching uh he was just going about doing what he's called to do to win people to the Lord and people thought that he was uh he th- they thought that he was like um he was Zeus and uh Barnabas was hermes um and he again this is um, people started worshiping him he said no they're not the real God they're humble about it. they said that, no, they're only messengers of the Lord. And they're going about telling people about Christ. Now, as the church is growing, um, there comes a question of the how much of the Old Testament commands do they keep. Uh, and this is, a, this is a legitimate question because you know, we, even uh, we as New Testament believers, even then, the people, then, they understand that the Old Testament is Scripture. And the question lies, how much of the Old Testament do they keep? Yeah, don't think of it as the way we'd have it. Like, oh, I have an old Testament, New Testament. At the time, the New Testament was still being written, and um, you know, uh, there's still the miraculous gift to authenticate the uh, the apostles. So for the uh, so for the uh, believers, then there is a question: What are they supposed to do with all these Gentiles coming to faith? And then there was a group of people called the Judaizers. They were uh, essentially a, a sect of Judaism or Christian Jewish. People that claim that you have to keep the Old Testament law, and they have to settle this question because there were some Jews that say, "Hey, you're not truly a Christian unless you do circumcision," and um, and they're really adding to the Gospels. Uh, but at the same time, you, we wonder that if you were a New Testament believer at the time, you wonder like how much of the law do you need to keep? And the apostles needed to settle that by having this council in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was really the epicenter of 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 the faith at the time and they wanted to be there to, to to figure out this 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 dispute so let's look at this chapter uh chapter 15 verse one some men came down from jerusalem judea and began teaching the brethren unless you're circumcised according to custom of moses you cannot be saved again this is a a works based type of religion here they're saying that you need to have this one particular law or for this custom which is you know circumcision this marking up the old testament saying that you're uh, signifying that you're part of the covenant people of god verse two and when paul and barnabas had great dissension and debate with them the brethren determined that paul and barnabas and some others of them should go to jerusalem to the apostles and the elders concerning this issue so you know paul and barnabas they're you know believers and they're saying no this is not right this is not be able to try and defend and said there's a great dissension debate I meaning it's probably got very heated and oftentimes even for pastors you know we're called to be slow to anger and not pugnacious but when it comes to doctrine that's almost like a uh, no holds bar anymore because we are called to defend the truth we're called to defend scripture against those that are trying to oppose it and especially in this context as a workspace salvation so Paul and Barnabas is here, even though they had great dissension and debate. This is actually uh, honoring to the Lord because they're trying to protect truth, and um, and it's okay. And I don't think they were unloving in this way. They just had this, you know, they just they they were just able. They just had to go and defend the truth, and they did it with zeal. And they were and, it was, and they did it with passion, which probably came across as you know, dissension and and argumentative. But when it comes to doctrine, you we have to defend it. That's just the role of the pastor and elder, that they need to defend the not just the church, per se, because they, that is true that they wanted to give assurance to the people there that salvation is by faith through grace, but ultimately you're defending the name and the glory of God. And that's why Paul defended. He's not a fighter for the sake of fighting. He defends because he doesn't want God's name to be tainted. That's why everyone that defends God's word, why we are apologists, why we defend the faith, is because we want God's name to be protected, not because we care about our comforts or for our own pride, but it's only because we know that God's name is being misrepresented when there is some sort of false doctrine being introduced. Firstly, therefore being sent on their way by the church, they were passing through both Phoenicia and Samaria describing in detail the conversation the conversion of Gentiles we were bringing great joy to all the brethren. So again, salvation uh, to Gentiles brought them great joy. Verse four: When they arrived at Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they report all that God had done with them. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a, a progress here because you know Paul used to be the killer of the church, and now he's hit there uh, defending truth, and he wants to meet these apostles, um, you know, so that he can get the the things settled. And again, Jude, Paul here is a a Jewish scholar you know, he understands the law and even he acknowledged that you don't need to do the circumcision um but he wants but some people uh out of i don't know like they uh, out, of, out of just for appeal to authority uh, would ask uh people to go hey go find all the elder elders and uh and, and and apostles and and figure this out and uh that's what they did they went up there and then um they talked about it Verse five, but some of the sect of the Pharisee who who had believed stood up saying it is necessary to circumcise them and to direct them to observe the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders came together to look at this matter. so this is the leaders uh or they, going, who led this discussion They're try to figure out is this biblical and I'm sure they prayed about it. I'm sure they, looked, they they searched the scriptures and um and they needed to find out and to settle it, whether or not Christians need to be circumcised. Verse 7, after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brethren, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, uh, that by the mouth the Gentiles would hear the word of the gospel and believe. And this is this is not uh, new, right? This is uh, what it was said in, in Isaiah uh, 42, um, when Peter was debating and when Paul was debating. Uh, to people about why Gentiles, the Gospels, will go through the end of the world, this is just what Peter's saying. Like, okay, yeah, this is this, you know that this to be true. The Gentiles would hear the word of the Gospel and believe. Verse 8, and God, who knows the heart of heart, testifies to them, giving the Holy Spirit, just as he also, he also did to us. He, uh, he made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by faith. So again, this is uh, Peter. This is a sign that he has matured. Uh, remember back in chapter ten, where he couldn't even, um, you know, eat uh, uh, food that's offered to idols, or even you know, food that he <laughs> deemed as unclean. He, now he's at the point of saying, no, no, it really is not about your work, and we can see even how. God's providence and allowing Peter to see the vision before and to speak with Cornelius is now paying uh is paying off here as well. He understands that it's not the Gentiles are supposed to be saved and it's not by the works that they need to do that's in terms of full fulfilling the law, but it's by faith uh through grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Um uh, verse nine, he made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why do you put God to the test by placing upon the yoke of the disciples a yoke that which neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? So this means that the implication is that there are Jewish Christians then, uh, back in the Old Testament, even t- at the time when Peter was writing or s- saying this, uh, where they weren't even able to keep the law. So he's trying to expose the hypocrisy here, that why are we imp- imposing on something to a group of people when they when we can't even keep it ourselves? 11, but we believe that we are saved through the grace of God, through the Lord Jesus Christ, in the same way that they are also saved. Again, there's no multiple ways to Jesus Christ. There's only one way to heaven. That is through Christ, faith in Christ and Christ alone. Um, verse 12, all the people kept silent, and they were listening to Barnabas and Paul as they were relating the, what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. Uh, this is uh, this is, again, they They didn't refute Peter. They were all on the same page. The Apostles all have one and uh, the same doctrine. And this is a good thing to have when we think about just our church leadership. There's a reason why we have um, you know, a, a, a link on our website about what we believe, and all the elders hold to these views, and it's because they want, we want unity. We want to be able to hold to the fact that all of us are truly hold to these uh, uh, doctrines. This isn't to say that other churches need to hold to, or even that every member in our church needs to hold to every little uh detail of the um, our saving of faith, but it doesn't mean that unity is helpful when you're uh, operating with with a plurality of elders and uh and this is what's was going on they they were all united, Paul Barnabas, Peter, and the rest of the and the rest of the uh, Jewish Christians, they were all on the same page. Verse 13. After they had stopped speaking, James answered, saying, Brethren, listen to me. Simeon had related how God first concerned himself by, about taking from among the Gentiles a people for his name, now, with the words of fair prophets agreed, just as is written. Uh, verse 16. This is from Amos chapter 9, verse 11, Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 15. After these things, I will return, I will rebuild the tabernacle, of David, which has fallen. I will rebuild his rooms, and I will restore it so the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. And all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from long ago. Uh, he, James here, using the Old Testament, he's trying to show that Gentiles are not saved um, by their works, and they don't need to convert to Judaism. but Rather, they are brought into the kingdom because of faith in Jesus Christ. And this is something that, that they're aware of from Scripture. Verse 19, James continues, Therefore it is my judgment that we do not trouble those who are turning to God from among the gentiles so again this is a, a really commissioned all the judaizers that they need to stop that you cannot impose this on to those that are are gentiles uh verse 20 but that we write to them that they abstain from the things commanded by idols and from fornication and from what is strangled and from blood so these are just some of these things are biblical things and some of these are more, um, a conscience things like things, things committed by about. I like, those like food, uh, what is strangled in from blood. These are probably also um, you know food related things. But fornication that's sexual sin. So he's saying just don't, just don't, don't. There's some things that are both for Jews and Gentiles, and there's things that are just offensive to the Jews and not to Gentiles. And he just asks them to not do these things, to abstain from these things. Uh, the Gentiles are not to violate uh, um, rules uh, or the consciences of the Jews. Uh, and verse twenty one for Moses from ancient generation uh, has in every city those who preach him since he read in the synagogue every Sabbath. So he's basically saying that some of the things that are, are said they need to keep out of um, because they are biblical in terms of both the Old and New Testament. Now this is not a long this this podcast is not going to be able to fill. Uh, what are the Old Testament things that we need to keep and what are the Old New Testament that we need to let go of? I mean or the Old Testament all that we can get rid of well, in the New Testament time, I'm just, I'll just summarize them this way. Uh, if there are any commandments in the New Testament that are restated, uh, those are the ones that we keep. If there's something that are just principles, uh, those are things we also think about, but may not apply particularly in our context. Um, any of those promises as well, I don't think they apply strictly to the church, but at least it reveals to us the faithfulness of God in those particular areas. Um, so if it's restated, that means that it's something that uh, that we need to apply as well. And fornication is one of those things uh, that goes uh, both Old and New Testament. While things like contaminated by idols, these are probably food, and was strangled, and with blood, those are probably food things as well. Those things, your people are able to eat, uh, but it's just basically, you don't want to uh, lord your freedom over those who are sensitive to those things. That's a general principle here, Christian liberty. Verse 22, Didn't it does not seem good to the apostles and elders, which... Uh, with the whole church to choose men from among them to send to Antioch. With Paul and Barnabas, Uh Judas called Bar-Sabbas and Silas, leading men um, uh, among the brethren. And they sent this letter by them. So now we actually get a letter within the, the book of Acts. So it's actually kind of cool that Luke was able to get this, and he's putting it in here as a, um, basically a divine copy of a um, of a letter, and I don't know if that, I mean, that letter is probably divinely inspired, but for sure it's because it's codified in the book of Acts, that is divine. Verse 23, the apostles and brethren who are elders to the brethren in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia, who are from Gentiles' greetings, since we have heard that some of our number, to whom we gave no instruction have disturbed you with their words, unsettling your souls, so basically, they're aware of the fact that the these Gentile Christians who really are sitting and waiting around to hear whether or not they truly are saved. Um, you know, see, so again, so again, this is not like something that comes easy because they, you know, they've been saved for a while. And they want to know if if they really were a believer or or not. Because I'm sure some of them have died without being circumcised, and they want to know whether or not they themselves or even their loved ones they've did they have a false gospel? And this letter is to give them security, just to let them know that, no, that's not the case. Verse 25, it seemed good to us, having become of one mind to select men to send to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, this word risk here is this idea to give up, they're willing to give up their life so that the gospel can be made known to the Gentiles, which is the rest of the world, really verse 27, therefore we have sent Judas and Silas who themselves will also report the same things by word of mouth for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay uh, upon you no greater burden than these essentials that you abstain from sacrifice to idols and from blood and from things strangled from things strangled and from fornication you keep yourself free from such things you do well, farewell so again this is really cool because there's this there's a language of unity here from all of these different leaders and uh, from from Barnabas to Silas to Paul, uh, all these, and even the, all the council in Jerusalem, all of them are in one mind saying that you do not need, uh, you don't need to do the Old Testament laws anymore. Uh, but the only thing that they would caution them on is the food, the conscience issue as well as the fornication, which is sexual sin. Again, these are all things that Jesus has affirmed in the New Testament. So this is all consistent throughout scripture. Verse 30, so when they were sent away they were down to Antioch and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. When they had read this, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. So now they know for a fact that they do not need to work their way into heaven, or that they have to uh, now go and you know do something as uh, so basically a Judea uh, Old Testament ritual for, for them to prove that they are believers. And you have to understand they're probably living in fear. First mean, John chapter four tells us that. Um, first chapter, first nine chapter four, verse eighteen. There is no fear in love, but perfected love casts out fear, because fear involves punishment. And you know, the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. So this is again, this is a, a principle here. These uh, believers, these Gentile believers, they were waiting for Paul to give them back. Uh, uh, Paul and Barnabas was given back a, a report of this, and they 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 weren't they weren't sure. They were they're living in fear because they don't know if their salvation was real. Uh, they thought that um, maybe they had it wrong the whole time. Uh, but when they found out that there was no, they had the same gospel as the as the original apostles, what ended up happening was that they were, they were encouraged, they rejoiced. Verse 32, Judas and Silas, also being prophets of self-encouraged and strengthened the brethren with a lengthy message. So they preached to them, essentially. Verse 33, after they had spent time there, they were sent away from the brethren in peace to those who had spent, sent them out. Jumping down to verse 35. But Paul and Barnabas stayed in Antioch teaching and preaching with many others also the word of of the Lord. Again, we see that uh, Paul and Barnabas, they didn't stop. They just went out evangelizing people and give people exhortation. And really the lesson that we learn in this entire section is that, uh, is that, is that salvation is truly by faith and not by works. Uh, this is an issue that they had to work through in that first century um, New Testament church and and praise the Lord that we don't have to do any of these works anymore from the Old Testament law. The law has always been used as a means to show us how we are not able uh, to fulfill it. James, it talks about how uh, just breaking one law it's, it's enough to condemn us for all of it, and we've all fallen short of that, and I think that's what the law is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be something that's obtainable, but it's to show you that you cannot be perfect. There's nothing that you can do to work your way into heaven. And that's what this is lesson is trying to tell us, that um, that the apostles, yes, they've worked through things out. There's wise have plural plurality of elders. But I think the big lesson that we take away is that we need to praise the Lord that our salvation has nothing to do with work, but that once we believe that we're washed away, uh, that our hearts are cleansed because of faith in Jesus Christ. I hope that this lesson is helpful to you and be an encouragement to you this week as you think about your salvation, that yes, you and I may fail in the things that we do, but the reason why we, we win in, in, in life and in eternity is because we believed in Christ. And it's because of what Christ has done. We have victory over sin and death. Thanks for listening. Take care and have a great day.